Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. Football season is finally here. And as always, I'm your host, Mung Sung. And it's the losest with the mostest. How is everybody doing? I can't tell you how happy I am to be back in the swing of things. The actual NFL football season is here, and it's here to stay for at least the next 20 weeks or so, boys. Oh, yeah. And uh, just so you all know, we are recording Monday night while the Falcons and the Eagles are playing. Uh, <laughs> whoa, copyright infringement. Oh, uh, just sing some random off, off tune. Uh. <laughs> well we've already had so many good games in week one uh you know i'm so happy football's back it's like having a good friend who moved away and now he's come back to visit you for a few months oh are you talking about me Uh, no you haven't been back oh that's true that is true i've only been back here and there but anyways back to the football yeah, we're only through not even all of week one, and we've we've already seen some crazy upsets. We've seen Indian, Indianapolis get blown out by Buffalo. We've seen Seattle lose to St. Louis already, and we got two great games going on tonight. Two Super Bowl contenders already 0-1 on this year. Craziness. Whoa, whoa. All right, let's start. And so the way we're going to do these uh, week weekly shows now that the season's finally started is we're going to recap uh, each game that's happened so far this week. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about all the relevant players in those games, any waiver wire or free agent pickups that you uh, might want to make from those teams. And we're going to give a quick preview of any matchups that we really like or don't like for fantasy players on those teams going into the next week. Sure. And with that bookkeeping stuff out of the way, let's uh, let's get right to it. The Thursday night football game, first game of the season. Whew, what a game that was. Yeah, and uh, you know, Pittsburgh at uh, New England, I will be the first to say uh, I am sorry I was wrong. I thought that D'Angelo Williams was not going to be very good, and boy, boy, did he shock me. He looked great. He looked very nice on the field right there. Although the one thing that, that bothered me a bit, I didn't see him anywhere near the goal line. Who's this Will Johnson guy? Yeah, he definitely got vultured uh, on that touchdown. But, uh, you know, I I wouldn't be nervous to start him against San Francisco next week if you need him to fill in for a Le'Veon Bell or a Todd Gurley or, you know, if for whatever reason one of your running backs isn't playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The San Francisco defense doesn't scare me, but I I don't think that he's going to go in, go out there and knock out, you know, 130 yards again on the ground or anything like that. But he should be a solid RB2 start for you. Yeah, absolutely. Although, you know, if you are in a shallower league or for whatever reason, uh, D'Angelo Williams isn't owned in your league, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't take or I wouldn't spend too much on him just because it is going to be the Le'Veon Bell show once he's back from his suspension. I don't think that Williams is going to is going to be too involved uh, after that. Yeah, well, the, the main thing here is say say you were one of the guys that went ahead and drafted him, uh, sat him on your bench week one, not thinking that something good was going to happen and you had two workable running backs. This is the perfect guy to trade to somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, and again, I don't think anyone's going to give up too much, but if you need an upgrade at a certain position, certainly as a throw-in with a deal, I, I think he's just fine. Well, that said, do you think, we, I know we said we, that we both didn't think so before, but I think he has some actual handcuff appeal now. 
Yeah, uh, I, I will give you that. I do think that if anything were to happen to Bell again, uh, D'Angelo would get the bulk of the carries and the snaps. Absolutely. However, he does not replace Le'Veon Bell completely uh, when he's in the game. Um, they said that they weren't going to change their offense any. However, they only targeted him one time, uh, one reception on one target, five yards. That 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 doesn't look like he's the exact same player as Le'Veon Bell. Doesn't look like the exact same offense to me. No, although uh, they D'Angelo Williams did lose ten to fifteen pounds, and that's, that's part of the reason he looked so fast on Thursday night. Um, but no, I think it was the dreads. Like those were that, that was a sweet do he had rocking. <laughs> well, he's always got the uh, got the pink rocking in honor of his mom, and you certainly got to respect that. Absolutely, nothing but respect for the guy. All right, so let's let's talk about uh, Big Ben a little bit. He didn't mm-hmm. look great, uh, but that said, I'm really not that worried because. Oftentimes, when Le'Veon Bell is back, they're not going to be able to play defense against the Steelers like New England did on Thursday. And uh, let's not forget that Martavis Bryant is currently suspended as well, and those two pieces are huge for that offense. That's true. Only one touchdown, one interception, however, 350 yards passing without being able to dump off to Le'Veon Bell and without Martavis Bryant on the field. Like He, he asked for Darius Hayward Bay to make some catches for him, which, which he, he did and didn't, but I mean... You get you get those two guys on the field. I would look at three fifty plus for every week forward. Yeah, and look at how just pitiful the Pittsburgh defense was. I, you know, you can definitely expect plenty of shootouts this year for Big Ben to you know pump up his stats. I can't. I don't have comparison chart right now. I don't have all the corners in my, in my head right now. But the Steelers might have the Steelers corners might be bottom five in the entire league. Uh, ooh. uh, yeah, I mean, they certainly didn't look great. I mean, <laughs> Antonio Brown is going to eat this year. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, yummy. <laughs> um, but lo- look at what they failed to do to New England. I mean, Rob Ronkowski is always hard to cover, but you would think <laughs> that they would at least try to put someone on him, not just let him roam freely. Um, I can't remember which Steelers defensive back was saying before week one that, you know, they had a plan to slow down Gronk, uh, slow down Gronk, excuse me. And uh, that certainly didn't happen. Cortez Allen is terrible. Um, William Gay is not very good either. Shazier is really the lone bright spot on that defense right now. Yeah, if 94 yards and three touchdowns is slowing him down and getting in his face, I can't imagine what he would have done otherwise. <laughs> That's certainly true. Yep. Um, so. You know, we we really don't need to talk about Antonio Brown. He is possibly the number one wide receiver. So consistent. He's going to get his every week. Uh, Absolutely. Let's, let's just move right on. Sure. Um, what about Marcus Whedon? I know you you liked him preseason when we found out about the Martavis Bryant suspension. Sure. I, I think this is a good opportunity. I think a lot of guys might outright drop Marcus Whedon. If you're hurting at, at wide receiver, if you're one of the guys that owns one of the, you know, Des Bryant that's out now, T.Y. Hilton that might not be playing this next week. If if you need somebody, Marcus Wheaton might be on your waiver wire because so many people will probably be fed up with him right now. He did not look great in this game. Um, they targeted Darius Hayward Bay more than I thought they would have. Um, but, but at the same time, in this offense, he's going to have games where he's going to have opportunities to score points. It's, it's going to be a, a risk-reward sort of play. But you're absolutely right. When Bryant comes back, he's the guy. 
Yeah, and I think even if he's listed, if, excuse me, Martavis Bryant is listed as the wide receiver three, they play so many uh, three wide out sets that uh, he's still going to be the wide receiver two in fantasy. Oh, and the Julio touchdown. There we go. Oh, there we go. I definitely have him in uh, multiple leagues. I'm very happy right now. Yeah, I've got him in that, in that, uh, that, millionaire matchmaker that that thing that's going on right now yeah i've got a uh, i've got a matt ryan and julio jones stack in DraftKings this week as well very good very good well worth the money um the last thing i want to talk about real quick going back to the steelers is heath miller uh eight catches for 84 yards solid solid tight end performance um but i will preach a little bit of caution again i do think that when martavis bryant comes back heath miller is going to see fewer targets but for the first few first four weeks i think heath miller is going to be a great low tight on one he's as solid as solid can be he's he's going to have steady production he's never going to light the scoreboard up or anything um he did pretty well this week i i would expect something similar to maybe just a little less going forward every week now of course heath miller is no rob gronkowski no no he's not uh, you know, I, I own Gronk in so many places, and I know you do as well. And hey, absolutely. <laughs> I, I even own him right on top of my bookshelf. I've got a big box of Gronk flakes waiting for me. Mm, delicious. Mm. So I was so sad when Gronk, uh, you know, recovered that fumble, but then they ruled that it was on the one yard line. Oh, yeah, that was baloney. But then immediately after, I remembered that Tom Brady loves to get Gronk his when he gets denied, so I wasn't too worried. No, no. And and did he that drive? I forget. Yeah, uh, he yeah, went right yeah, back to did, Gronk. Right? Was um, that the second touchdown? That was the third? the third and final. That was the third. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I, uh, I was jumping up and down in my living room. I was, uh, it, was, it was fun. It was sweet. It was swell. It was all that in a bag of potato chips. So, all right, again, don't need to talk about Gronk, the number one tight end without question. Uh, I do think that this game uh, calmed some fears about Julian Edelman. He's still going to be a PPR machine uh, no matter what. Um, I I have him inside my top 20 uh, wide receivers in PPR still. Absolutely. 11 catches on 12 targets. Led the team in targets. He is the go-to guy for right now, especially with LaFell out. And I probably think even going forward when he's back. I thought maybe Amendola was going to get some more targets, but no, just three. Yeah, I think what we saw there is that Dobson and Amendola and whoever else they have are going to split those snaps, and no one's really going to be reliable. Yeah, it's uh, it, was, it was a little surprising to me. I, th- I thought Amendola would be like a, a Edelman light, but he was Edelman very, very light. Yeah, and we did also see that Scott Chandler vultured one of the Gronk's touchdowns at the goal line. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, But actually, I think that that'll help in terms of not letting the defenses key in too much onto Gronk at the goal line. I'm certainly not concerned. Um, And I do think that Chandler would be the handcuff play here if something did happen to Gronk. It would certainly be interesting. He's always been a talented sort of tight end. He's just been in, in not great situations, uh, sticking around in Buffalo for a while. Now he's, you know, playing alongside the Gronk in one of the premier offenses, maybe if not the premier offense in the NFL. Yeah, Bill Belichick seems to have that unique skill of finding different players with limited skill sets, but then plugging them into like the exact right places. It's almost like he's like a big kid who's putting in like triangles in the triangle hole in that <laughs> box and just, you know, perfectly fitting in every piece where it fits. Um, he's a, yeah. He's a man that knows his personnel. 
He does great on his own prior, and this year he's angry. He's going to be coming at every single team with a vengeance, trying to stick this season down Roger Goodell's throat. And I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Yeah, I think it'll be, uh, as every season is, a fun season to watch the Patriots. Absolutely. Love him or hate him, you got to respect him. So, an important potential waiver wire pickup here, Deion Lewis looked really good. He actually had a really nice game. Uh, you know, he didn't do a ton on the ground, 15 carries for 69 yards, uh, but he did also add four catches for 51 yards. Do you think that he could be, you know, he could play that Shane Vereen role? I absolutely think he's going to fit into the Shane Vereen role very nicely, which if you own him, if you go ahead and pick him up, he's going to be much cheaper than he co- than Vereen cost last year. But if you have him as your starter, he's going to frustrate you. There will be weeks where he has 11 catches, two touchdowns. There will be weeks where he has two catches and seven yards. So just be prepared for that. Yeah, and we saw, you know, he should have that role locked down pretty well. Brandon Bolden couldn't seem to do anything. He got five carries and one yard to show for it. Um, You know, he had one catch for 12 yards. I do want to caution, though, that uh, next week when LeGarrette Blunt comes back from a suspension, he is likely to take most of the rushing work i don't think that Dion lewis is going to see double digit carries like he did on thursday night no absolutely not lewis had 15 of so there were uh 20 carries that went to running backs edelman had one carry brady had three there were 20 to running backs lewis with 15 bolden with five i expect it i expect it to completely flip there it's going to be like 75 percent uh blunt and maybe 25 percent lewis and in pure rushing plays yeah, I will say this, though, um, for those of you that play in free agent, uh, you know, budget uh, bidding uh, leagues where instead of having a waiver priority, you get to bid on free agents. I would probably still spend about 10 to 20 bucks at least on Dion Lewis. I think he could be a, a running back three in PPR with running back two upside. Sure. And, f- and for reference, whenever we talk about our fab budgets, we're talking on a, on a hundred hundred dollar budget. Yeah, adjust our uh, you know numbers as needed to your specific leagues, definitely. Exactly. Um, so yeah, let's talk about real quick. Uh, you know, preview some of the matchups that they have next week. Uh, San Francisco will be at Pittsburgh, and New England will be at Buffalo. Um, you know, we haven't watched San Francisco play Minnesota yet tonight, but I, I'm not expecting the Niners to be very good at all. I, I think they've lost critical pieces on defense due to retirement and injury and suspension, and I, I don't think their offense is going to be particularly good either. Yeah, they lost their defensive coordinator too. Um, I, I'm not afraid about uh, of uh, San Francisco. I'm a little afraid for them, to be honest, going into next week's matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I could see Pittsburgh just blowing them out. I honestly don't think that they have a shot to win that game. Mike Tomlin's going to want to come out, but Big Ben's going to want to come out and make a statement, make people realize that they are the Steelers. They're to be taken seriously. They are a force to be reckoned with in the NFL, and they're going to make San Francisco pay. Yeah, obviously start Big Ben and Antonio Brown. Um, you know, Heath Miller should be fine. I think D'Angelo Williams would be good, but not great. Um, what about the New England game at buffalo you know after they shut down andrew luck and the colts that was pretty that was that was ugly it was it was pretty but ugly if that makes any sense whatsoever if you're a fan of defensive football yeah it was just a beating it was it was a gronking (laughs) yeah they beat him like a government mule so and don't forget next week too they get marcel darius back from his suspension that's right that was that was without one of the top linemen 
Yeah, I, I don't love the the Patriots players at all, but I mean, you you have to start Gronk. There's no way you're benching Gronk. No, even I mean, Allen scored a touchdown, so so you know Gronk's gonna make pay dirt. Yeah, but here's the thing. I I am actually going to if I own Brady, if I have any options on the waiver wire, I am benching him. I you know I always hear start your studs, but at the same time, you got to look at the matchups and what the defense is. Oh, I I don't know that I can do that. I I think. I think just as a culture, these teams like India is, is a, for whatever this means, I just get the feeling that India is a softer team. You hit them in the mouth. They're going to back off a little bit. You know, you, you put up 38,000 points on them in the playoffs. They're going to, they're going to say it's because the, the ball was a little soft, but you hit the Patriots in the mouth. They're going to turn around and smack you right back in the face. I understand that, but at the same time, uh, New England is, you know, they don't have the personnel like they did last year to just take a beating like that. And I do think that while they looked good Thursday night, uh, you know, the the Steelers defense is completely different than the Buffalo defense. It's true. It's going to be it's going to be one of the best games of next week either way. All right. So uh, again, I mean, you would start Brady, but I ha- I probably have him outside of my top 12 quarterbacks this this week. I, I saw what they did to Andrew Luck. And if they can do that to the Colts, uh, I don't see Brady. Brady will do a little bit better, I think, just because they're so good at picking, uh, you know, picking away at the game tape. But I still think that uh, he's going to struggle. Oh, yeah, I'm starting Brady. I'm still starting Edelman in a PPR. They've got to move the chain somehow. They're not going to not have offense. I'm starting Gronk, no question. Um, the questions come in at running back. I probably would shy away from Deion Lewis and probably shy away from LeGarrette Blunt again this week. Yep. So, all right, let's move on to Green Bay at Chicago. So James freaking Jones, he played 92 snaps. Uh, you know, he's basically back from the dead. He got two touchdowns, almost had three called back on a pass interference penalty, or I mean, you know, he would have had it if not for a pass interference. Uh, if he's on the waiver wire, you go get him. That, that's as simple as it is. This may be the most frustrating player for me right now. I don't know how we both missed this. I was so busy trying to figure out between Jeff Janice and Ty Montgomery, who was great, that James Jones is just sitting there in my face. And I'm like, oh, he's old. He was on the Raiders. He can't do all that much. He's a veteran presence. Obviously, that's not the case. And Aaron Rodgers, the, that one touchdown with that that no look over the over the cornerback's head touchdown that showed how much faith Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy have in James Jones. If he's on your waiver wire, you need to get him. Yeah, I think more important than anything, uh, it, it's the rapport that he has. Uh, it doesn't matter what, what what kind of athlete he is at thirty one. He had almost eight hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns in twenty twelve. I don't see fourteen touchdowns, but I could easily see about ten touchdowns. If he's going to be the number three over there, absolutely. Yeah, and at the same time, too, uh, don't worry too much about Devontae Adams or Randall Cobb. Both of those guys had more targets than James Jones. I think that, you know, it's just going to be relatively unpredictable which wide receiver is going to have the really big game week to week for the Packers. That's right. Every dog has his day, and they're, they're, they'll, be, they'll be barking away going forward. Yeah, um, Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, don't worry about them. Uh, you know, start your studs. Uh, we don't need to really cover them too much, do we? No, L- Lacey didn't look amazing in this game, however. Um, does that have more to do with the Bears defense or Lacey? Maybe is he a guy that's just going to have slow starts every year now? 
I don't know, but if, if that's going to be his quote unquote, uh, slow start with, uh, what, what did he have? Like 85 yards and a touchdown. I'll take that all day. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, so how about Richard Rogers too? Richard Rogers, I think is, is going to be a guy that a lot of people get excited about. Anytime you're, you're catching balls from, from, uh, from Aaron Rodgers. It's get, you're going to have exciting days, but I truly don't think that he's going to play a big enough part in this offense where it matters. Yeah, but what about next week, though? Um, against uh, who? Seattle? Yeah, against Seattle. Richard Rodgers as a, as a check down and outlet, you know? It, I, I, I can see your point. I can see the thought on wanting to start him, but the combination of just there being so many, off, so many options on the offense that I really think he's not going to have more than four or five targets any week. Um, and Seattle being as smash mouth as they are, they didn't look so great this last week, but, but I, I, I'm staying away from Rogers, especially against Seattle. Yeah. I will say that in the last two, uh, two games last year against Seattle in, including the postseason game, uh, Aaron Rodgers only averaged 184 passing yards, one touchdown and one and a half interceptions per game against Seattle. Um, Lacey went 12 carries for 34 yards. Uh, and three receptions week one last year and in the postseason game he only had 21 carries for 73 yards uh, i don't love lacy either next year um and if you look at uh, next, you know, next week yeah i'm sorry next week um <laughs> and if again going back to richard rogers i've heard some people say that he's going to be a good check down option for the packers uh, but if you look at week one last year, Andrew Corliss only got three receptions for 26 yards. So I'm fading all the Packers next year, or excuse me, again, next week, uh, mm. even against a depleted Seattle defense. Throwing shade on Green Bay. All that said and considered, if you own Rodgers and Lacey, then you don't own better options. Correct. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Chicago side of the ball. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey uh, still had four end zone targets. He's going to be fine. He still looked a little bit gimpy. I expect him to do better as he recovers more fully from that calf injury. Yeah, there were some there were some plays where Cutler just completely missed him. And it looked compl- it looked very apparent to me that Cutler was just not used to the speed that Jeffrey was running at. Yeah, plus there were, there was at least one or two uh, targets where it looked like Jeffrey could have gone up to get it, but he didn't jump as high, and I do think that he's still recovering. Yeah, the, the guy's a great athlete. He was hobbled more so than a lot of guys will go out there and play. So, so you know, good good on him for going out and giving the effort, but, you know, get healthy, buddy. Yeah, and I'll say Eddie Royal was disappointing, too. A lot of people were touting him, and he got five targets, but just one catch for eight uh, eight yards, and I don't know that he's going to be as great, even in PPR, as everyone's saying. Well, anytime you go, got to go in the tunnel to pass concussion protocol, that, that's that's not a recipe for or success in the rest of your day. Yeah, but even before that, it didn't look like he and Cutler were clicking all that well. Um, I think he's going to be a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. I don't, I don't think he's going to be great this year. Yeah, I, I, I was really expecting some things, especially considering the rapport and the establishment that uh, Cutler made with Royal when they played together. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, six, seven years ago. He, he probably has lost half a step since then. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, he's still a young guy, though. True. Um, but regardless, I do think that Martellus Bennett is still going to be the number two receiving option behind Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, he got that garbage time touchdown that kind of bailed him out. But even before then, uh, Cutler was looking his way on third downs and important conversions. Yeah, if you're if you're in a league where Martellus Bennett fell pretty darn far, then you're happy about it. 
Yeah, and uh, you know the surprise again. Someone I was kind of wrong on. Uh, Matt Forte looks good. He he looks like he's going to be a solid mid to low end RB one. He had twenty four carries to Jaquiz's four and Jeremy Langford's one. Uh, I, I do think he's going to see the bulk of the work, and I think he'll be all right. Go figure. You feed him the ball in the running game, and he can prove to you that he can still move the football on the ground. Yeah, and I actually love Forte uh, next week when the Bears host the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson combined for 13 catches against Arizona this past week. Uh, You know, I think that Forte is going to be a great play. Yeah, I I can see it, especially if you're talking in a PPR league. But they're a swarming defense that's going to get to them quick. Um, the, The Arizona defense is a little tougher than the Green Bay one. That's true. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Arizona historically hasn't been great covering the tight end. I think Martellus Bennett is going to have a pretty decent game as well. Yeah, I, I agree. That is, those are true points. Um, the one guy I'm worried about on Chicago for next week would be Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, he's probably not going to be fully 100% yet, and he's probably going to go up against Patrick Peterson. I don't think that Jeffrey's going to have a great game in week two against the Cardinals. Yeah, between the health and that lockdown in your face cornerback, I, I don't know that I if I own him that I'm going to have anybody that I can think I can start over him, but I can't argue with you if you're going to. All right, so let's talk about Kansas City at Houston. Yeah. My boy Zeus. <laughs> oh, man, I, I love Kelsey. I've been on his train for you know a year now. and it Baby Gronk, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yep, <laughs> yeah, he looked yep. like it out there on the field, too. He, he did. He, uh, w- what did he have? Three touchdowns and, uh, or two touchdowns, one of six yards. That's essentially like, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a not baby, but it's an adolescent version of what the ground <laughs> put up. Little more yards, a little less touchdowns. Look darn good doing it though. And that suit, that, uh, that, uh, Popeye wind up punch on the football punches it in. That was sweet. Oh, that, that touchdown celebration is, was the best. I was so happy. I, I wouldn't <laughs> be shocked if Kelsey finished as the number two tight end this year. I really wouldn't well well on that play he was left wide open so if people aren't going to respect him he's gonna he's gonna stuff it down their throat i get that but uh you know his other touchdown it did come in tight coverage and he just went up and got that ball uh you know he couldn't have been better covered and i I think he's just that athletic freak that's going to get open no matter what he he can certainly try he I, i can't argue with it so let's talk about Jeremy Macklin real quick. You know, Travis Kelsey led the team in receptions and receiving yards, but Jeremy Macklin actually had more targets. He's definitely involved in the game. Uh, you know, they're scheming to get the ball to him. I would not be too worried by this game. Absolutely. That didn't surprise me at all. First game with Alex Smith trying to get used to actually throwing the ball to his wide receivers. He targeted him actually more times than I thought he would with nine. I I thought he was going to be spreading the ball a little more, but they're showing that they're going to try and get a consistent effort in getting Macklin, who is, for all intents and purposes, he is the best other than Jamal Charles playmaker on that team. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Jamal Charles, uh, you know, he struggled a little bit on the ground, only had 57 yards rushing, but they definitely made an effort to get Jamal Charles uh, involved in the receiving game as well. And I think he's going to be just fine. That's right. A hundred yards, a touch, a hundred yards combined, a touchdown, and they got to limit his touches a little bit. I love it. All right. So let's talk about the Texan side of the ball. You know, Alfred blue, um, Jonathan Grimes and Chris Polk, they had nine, six and five carries respectively. This is a committee that you're, you know, you're going to avoid until Foster gets back. That's right. I, I can't wait till he comes back because uh, the early, the later you drafted him, the happier you are with all this news about him coming back. <laughs> yeah, likely week definitely. four, or something like that. 
I unfortunately own zero shares of uh, Arian Foster this year, but oh well. It's a, they're good shares to own, um, especially right now. Well, not right now, but in a few weeks. How about this quarterback situation, though? Yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan Mallett looked a lot better, but you're not starting him in fantasy. The one good thing is, you know, they got the ball to Hopkins. He had 13 targets. He's going to be a stud this year. Yeah, what? I feel bad for the guys that are stuck with a Texans quarterback in two quarterback leagues. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I wouldn't start either of them. Uh, you know, they look like Matt Schaub version 2.0. Yeah, which, which, was, which wasn't a bad thing when he was in Atlanta. Well, we've seen what Brian Hoyer is. Ryan Mallett may or may not have some potential yet. I, I hope they do give him the start this week. I think they're still in the process of deciding that. He's still young. He can he can improve. He his quarterback rating was roughly seventy points better than Brian Hoyer's. I guess those are all good things. <laughs> I wouldn't go by uh, that stat too much. Those arbitrary ratings, but um, I, I do want to mention real quick that Nate Washington's an interesting wideout to add in a deeper league. He looks like he's not just done quite not quite done yet. He had a nice game, that's for sure. Um, if you can snag him for cheap, snag him for cheap. But I think the better I think better thing is if if you did somehow already own him, you're this is a guy to sell. Um, Cecil Shorts was in the game. They're going to try and get him the ball, and they targeted him eight times. He's a more talented guy. If he can stay on the field, he will be the better guy going forward. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, next week's matchup real quick. Um, you know, Denver comes to Arrowhead and plays Kansas City. Uh, I don't love Jamal Charles in this game. Look, just look at how they shut down Justin Forsett. I'm a little bit nervous about Jamal Charles next next week. I don't know. I, I, I think saying Forsett and Charles's names in the same sentence is a little inflammatory. Um, that said, Denver's defense looked fierce. It was nice. Yeah, they, they were swarming all over. Again, you know, you likely don't have a better option than Jamal Charles. I'm just saying don't expect a great game from him. Yeah, this this is this is going to be a brand new sort of uh, sort of style of football played by Denver, especially if Manning keeps throwing like the way he was looking last night. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. That was yeah. ugly. But uh, I also in this game, I also don't love Jeremy Macklin against Chris Harris. You know, basically a top five cornerback in the league. I don't think Macklin's going to get a ton done this week on Thursday either. No, I I agree. I, I would bump him down. Which leaves Travis Kelsey. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, okay, I, I think Kelsey will be fine. You know, you're not starting Alex Smith anyway. Hopefully, um, you don't. You don't own a tight end that's gonna that you're gonna start over Travis Kelsey, regardless. Correct. Uh, again, um, as for Houston, they play at Carolina next Sunday. Um, again, I'm not touching the Houston running back situation. Hopkins will be there's, good. There's nobody to touch right now. They they haven't they haven't showed a commitment to anybody. El Blue had the bulk of the carries, but. Even then, he had less than half of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, just avoid, avoid, avoid that situation. Stay away. Restraining order against that situation. <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's talk about uh, the Cleveland Browns at the New York Jets real quick. Uh, Josh McCown, on a Johnny Football-esque play, dove for a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and, of course, got concussed. Yeah, he, uh, he was channeling his inner Schaub, his inner Elway. And he came up on the on the bad end of it. Unfortunately, it was I, it was fun to look at. I watched the replay like on a vine about it might have been I don't know twenty thirty times. I mean, I, you shouldn't enjoy like somebody getting hurt. I wish he didn't get concussed. It looked like a sweet hit though. I, I just wish he didn't get hurt. 
Hey, one one thing you got to hand it to him. He he gives it 100%. <laughs> That's true. He gave it 100% and he gave his team an opportunity to score. Not, of course, by doing that, but by putting the ball in Johnny Football's hands and letting him chuck it all the way downfield. Yeah, and you know what? I don't hate Manziel in fantasy just because of the rushing upside that he represents. Again, I'm not starting him as a quarterback one, but if you have room on your bench, you know, he's he's always got that upside because of the rushing. If you're a guy that likes a Tyrod Taylor or, or a Cam Newton, you got to be a guy that sort of, sort of, sort of likes a Johnny Manziel. Yeah, and considering he didn't start the game, and this is his you know first live game action in quite some time, he didn't do terribly. He looked a lot better than he did against Cincinnati last year. Yeah, young Johnny may have grown up. That said, he completed, what, like half of his passes through yeah. one touchdown, one interception. Wasn't anything phenomenal, but it was still something. Yeah, uh, ju- just like we're avoiding all the uh, Houston running backs, I'm avoiding all the Cleveland pass catchers. Uh, I don't want anything to do with any of their wide receivers or tight ends. Yeah, I I thought I spoke earlier. I said maybe Brian Hurtline was a candidate for for like 80 catches or more, 100 100 targets something season. That's not going to happen. That nobody on this on this team is going to be dominating catches anywhere. Yeah, I think the only really relevant uh, fantasy players on Cleveland are going to be Isaiah Curl and Duke Johnson. Uh, you know, Curl got 35 snaps compared to Duke Johnson's 31. I think it is going to be somewhat of a committee. Um, Duke didn't do great, but he did uh, better against a tough Jets run defense than Curl did. I, I think it's going to be like a 50-50 split with, uh, you know, kind of like West and Curl last year. Yes, I know he only had 22 yards. Um, but if there's a time to buy low on Duke Johnson, I, I think it's right now or at the end of next week. Yeah, I, Duke is clearly the better back, in my opinion. Um, Crowell just, you know, he's a better pounder, and he'll find his way into the end zone. He might get more touchdowns, but I do think Duke's going to have more PPR value. Yeah, I, I was surprised with the sheer percentage of, of uh, offensive uh, percentage of offensive plays he was in there. That only bodes well for, for his uh, use going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, on the other side of this game, uh, I will say again, just like with D'Angelo Williams, I was wrong. I thought that Chris Irie wasn't going to do much this year. I, I did not love him coming into the season, but he had 20 carries and he did well. Yeah, I've got him in my DFS. Um, Bilal Powell, real quick, though, do you think he's relevant? He did get 12 carries compared to Ivory's 20. I, I think it's more of a case that they think they have something in ivory they want to keep him a little fresh they knew that game was locked up against cleveland uh that's true i i do think that he may get a little bit of a ppr boost if the jets ever fall behind though um, yeah yeah I, I could definitely see that two catches 16 yards i mean he, he showed that he can you know shake and bake out of the backfield a little bit yeah but definitely but, desperation why uh running back absolutely not somebody you're starting not even somebody you're flexing but keep him in the back of your mind in case something happens to ivory um, speaking of desperation, uh, Eric Decker, wide receiver four, but he got that touchdown. He did. I, I still like him. I, I equated the Marshall Decker situation to a very poor man's Bolden and Fitzgerald of a few years of not. A, it's not a few years ago anymore. It's like eight, nine years ago now. And that's exactly what they did. They both scored touchdowns. They both saw, uh, they both had receptions. Um, this is, I think Decker having three targets this week is a low. It's going to go up from there. Um, Owusu. 55 yards, six targets. Uh, I'm not, he, Eric Decker's better. Yeah, no one's rushing to add uh, Chris Owusu to their fantasy lineup. 
Um, I no. do think, you know, Decker played the vast majority of his snaps out of the slot. Um, and I do think that when Devin Smith is ready, having that vertical element is going to help both Marshall and Decker. Yeah, and Fitzpatrick with those uh, with those wide receivers shown that he's possibly worthy of a bye week start. Cleveland's defense is not one to sneeze at. Yeah, so I, I think next week, um, you know, Tennessee comes to town to Cleveland. I think that Crowell and Duke could both be flex plays. Uh, that defense isn't great. We saw Doug Mudd excuse me, Doug Martin do pretty well on the ground uh, before a game flow kind of forced from the band yeah. run. That wiped that running game right away. <laughs> yeah, but I think Cleveland could actually hold its own against Tennessee. Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the guy that stops Doug Martin best is Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, so um, next week for the Jets, they go to Indy. Um, I am going to fade Marshall quite a bit. Vontae Davis is a shutdown corner. I, I think they're going to put him on Marshall. And that's one of those weeks where if you own them both, or uh, I, I think I'm about the only person in the world that owns both Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker on a team. But next week, I will be starting Decker over Marshall in my flex. Yeah, and I, I think that Ivory is going to be a, a pretty solid flex player, even RB2 play against a pretty bad Colts run defense. Oh, I'd call him an RB2 all day. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so speaking of the Colts, they got crushed by Buffalo. Yeah, demolished. Ooh, that Demoralized, oh. taken apart. It's like Rex Ryan went in and he was like, hey, Big Bill, that'd be Belichick for all the people that don't know Bill Belichick. It's like, watch this. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that Buffalo defense is legit. They stopped Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers last year. They they have a great unit. Um, I definitely wouldn't panic about Andrew Luck, obviously. He'll be just fine. Um, the other thing was uh, Frank Gore only got eight carries in this game, but I really do think that even though they said that they wanted him on a pitch count, it was more game flow than anything. I think that there was just no reason for them to put Gore out there when they trailed by so much. There were only 12 rushes by running back, 13 rushes by running backs. He had eight of them. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not worried about Frank Gore. Still a, a high end running back too for me uh, for the rest of the season. Um, the other thing was T.Y. Hilton with the uh, the knee bruise. Yeah, he may be out uh, this week, possibly two weeks. Um, what do you think about Dante Moncrief and Philip Dorsett? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's worrisome. Uh, T.Y. Hilton still put together a nice game despite not scoring uh, seven catches, 88 yards. Um, Moncrief and Dorsett, it, I, I really can't justify starting one of them because I, I feel like if I start Dorsett, it's going to be a big day for Moncrief and vice versa. Yeah, for me, I, I like Moncrief a little bit more just because we already saw in this game, you know, Andrew Luck looks for him. And also, Andre Johnson looks so old and just Dunzo. I, I think it's time that we kind of wrote him off as a wide receiver too. I, I don't think that's going to be there this year. Yeah, there, there was a, uh, a league where I was going to pull the trigger and go ahead and get getting Johnson for my team. It was a dynasty league. I was going to trade a younger guy and I'm glad that it did, that I didn't go through with it. Uh, it that was, it, it's not a good look. I mean, I, th- I think when they're up, it might be a better day for Andre Johnson, which is odd for a wide receiver, but I think that might be the case. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand it's the Buffalo defense, but Johnson looks so slow out there. I don't think that he's really going to have any big games. If anything, he's going to be that possession guy, sort of like Reggie Wayne was at the very end of his career. Yeah, and that, and that's that's the that's 
that's the definition of why it's so hard to project week one football, because there's been a whole off season. You really don't know what you're getting out of these players after they've aged for another, you know, seven, eight, nine months without seeing them. Yeah, the other uh, the other thing I did want to mention is in terms of the tight ends, Dwayne Allen got six targets to Fleener's one. I think this kind of solidify uh, solidifies most of our opinions that Allen is the guy to own. Uh, he also got the red zone target. Uh, you know, I I think it's time to drop Fleener if you got him. Yeah, I think it's absolutely crazy that anybody going into the season even considered Fleener worth an own or anywhere near Allen. And uh, we have our second Julio touchdown of the Knights. Oh, boy. Gotta love that stack. Um, wow, I, this game is not at all going how I thought. Let's see what happens here. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Jason Maxwell overmatched. Whew. Let's talk about the Buffalo side of the game now. Uh, Tyrod Taylor looked good. He had good deep accuracy with that long touchdown to Harvin, even though it was a blown coverage by the safety. Um, you know, he had 41 yards on the ground. He's still a QB too, but he's got a lot of upside if he can keep up these sort of performances. Yeah, the the entire performance of the offensive side is going to be based on how well the defense is punching people in the mouth. If they're up in games and they get the opportunity for Tyrod Taylor to get a chance to show off that arm as well as have them run the football just down your throat, turn some clock out and, you know, sp- gap your gap your defenders a little bit with the with the uh risk of Tyrod running on you it's uh it's gonna go well for this buffalo team yeah i I will say keep in mind that the colts defense is not the greatest they haven't done a good job building up that side of the ball they're all stacked on offense um but at the same time i'm a little bit worried about sammy watkins what are are your thoughts here because i know that the twitter verse is uh you know split 50 50 down the line it seems on sammy watkins i think that this is going to be the worst game of the year for him oh go figure right no 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 catches, worst game. But he was locked down. Vontae, Indy's defense isn't great, but they do have a great corner. They have one of the best corners in the game, and that's what happened to Sammy Watkins today. Um, also, the, this thing that does worry me a little bit is uh, Tyrod Taylor's accuracy. That catch to uh, Percy Harvin, it's going to be on all your replays. You're going to watch it a bunch of times on Center. But all things considered, that really wasn't a great pass to him. Yeah, I will say I'm a little bit nervous about Sammy just because even though Vontae kind of locked him down this week, I think going forward, the Bills really will rely on their run game and whichever open receiver, you know, gets the ball will get the ball that week and they're not going to scheme to get Watkins open. They're just going to kind of put him out there. And I really don't think he's more than a wide receiver three. I wasn't drafting him coming into the season really at all. Um, I, I don't own him anywhere. Uh, you can't sell high on him right now, obviously. Um, if he puts up another goose egg next week, he might be a guy to buy super low on, though. Yeah, especially in Dynasty. I, I know a lot of uh, Dynasty owners know a lot about the game, but once you get into the season, you always kind of revert to a redraft strategy almost in, in your subconscious. Exactly. Um, so what about LaShawn McCoy? He had 17 carries for just 41 yards. And then Carlos Williams, six for 55 and the touchdown. Uh, was he, this, was yeah, this the other touchdown health? went to Booby Dixon too, which he, he broke a long run. That's not something he vultured out of McCoy. He did a good job making that happen for himself. But, but still, McCoy, 17 touches, the bulk of the carries, but nothing to show for it really. 
Yeah, I will say uh, I'm not terribly worried just yet because he did have a touchdown called back on a penalty, and then there was another big run that he got tackled on the one-yard line. He did have plenty of opportunities to score. It just kind of didn't go his way. Um, And at the same time, this was his first game back from his uh, hamstring injuries, so we'll see how the usage shakes out uh, next week as well. First game in a new offense as well. Always a factor. Definitely. Um, So let's look ahead to next week real quick. The Jets, uh, as we said, go to Indy. Um, You know, they have or they have a good um, passing game to, you know, stop defenders from stacking the box for Frank Gore. But I still don't love him uh, in this matchup either. I'd play him. I I don't think you can sit Gore. I I know he didn't look great last game, but the, the Jets are not going to, you know, there, it's not going to be the same game at all. True. Uh, the one thing I will say is I do want to closely monitor uh, if Gore gets involved in the pass game a little bit more this week. Um, he should be able to. I, I fully expect that. Yeah. And the other thing is I don't love Sammy Watkins either um, going to or I'm sorry, um, with Buffalo hosting the Patriots. Uh, you know, Thursday night, Antonio Brown had a really good game. Uh, but the stats don't tell any, uh, don't tell everything because Malcolm Butler actually had really good coverage on him for most of the night. And Antonio Brown is a special wide receiver, as good as Watkins is with his routes. Uh, I do think that Butler is going to be all over him, and I, I don't think he's going to get a ton of yards. I'd project him for like maybe three for forty something. Oh, I'm, I'm expecting an eight plus point game for Watkins. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the the New England. I mean, the, they'll hit you. They're great on offense, but their defense is soft. It's not soft. I mean, they're mean, but they're just not very good. Okay. Um, I, I will say real quick, I do think that going forward, Percy Harvin's going to be a flex play, and I think a, a Harvin-Tyrod-Taylor stack uh, you know, could be a, a DFS thing uh, going forward. See, I, I'm still not sold on Harvin. Give me another game where he shows me something good. Okay. We'll see what happens. Uh, so let's talk about Miami at Washington. Uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't look too great this game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? He started shaky, but then he put it together by the end of the game. Um, I was a little worried, but um, he 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 quelled my fears. He that's that shows shows some maturity. You know, when you start off, things aren't going well, but then you can you know sit back, get back in the game, come back and win it, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and let's remember that, you know, really his only receiver coming back from last season is Jarvis Landry. He's still getting used to Kenny Stills, Greg Jennings, and then once Devontae Parker comes in, I expect that to help him a lot, too. Yeah, he has not thrown to them in real-time football yet. Um, And then Lamar Miller, he was good, not great, with 13 for 53 on the ground, and then he had one catch for 22 yards, but I want to see him get more work, too. I mean, they had... I want to see him just get fed the football i think he's good enough to handle that i mean it'll happen it's not like somebody else was getting fed the football he had 13 of the 15 carries well yeah that, that's true i'm just saying that i think they need to rely on him more you know they kind of went away from the running game when he can help them kind of establish that game flow yeah i think i think they wanted to try and let ryan Tannehill work through the growing pains of this season work through learning the timing with his receivers against the team like Washington, which I I think we can only expect like better things going forward. Eight catches for Landry, seven targets for Cameron. He spread the ball around a lot like how we expected him to. Um, 
yeah, I think good things are going forward for this Miami team all uh, for every one of them. Yeah, plus uh, Washington does have a very good front seven that people kind of underrate and forget about just because their overall team is in shambles right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jarvis Landry, we don't really need to talk too much about him. Uh, he's a PPR machine, eight catches on 12 targets. The yardage won't be there, but in PPR, he's a solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three. See, for me, there's not much to say, but what there is to say is he, he's a sell-high guy if he puts together a nice game next week. I, I do think Devontae Parker, when he comes back, he's going to be able to establish himself in this offense, and that's not going to make it, it might He might be a superstar. He might be Odell Beckham of this year. I don't expect that, really but I do think he's going to make both he and Landry mediocre fantasy options. Uh, see, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't hate Landry just because I think he's already built that rapport. He's that Julian Edelman for Tom Brady. He's that guy for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't hate him. I think uh, I, I'd love him if I could use him to get something better. So uh, <laughs> a solid outing too, for Jordan Cameron, uh, you know, he's a pretty solid low end tight end one. I think he's actually going to be the number two receiving option uh, in Miami for, for the time being, at least until Parker kind of breaks out. Yeah. I, I still think the ball's going to get spread around too much. There's too many good people. Um, Kenny stills only had three targets. That's not going to last. Yeah. And you know, we had this, this discussion preseason too. you know, Tannehill is the beneficiary of all these different weapons they have uh, as receivers. Exactly. And we didn't even bring up the guy that scored the touchdown, caught 66% of his, uh, of his targets, uh, Richard Matthews. Yeah. I'm not running to pick him up in my leagues. <laughs> no, me neither, but it, it's, it just goes to show exactly how much this ball's getting spread around. Sure. It's definitely going to be a sort of a roulette every week. Yep. Um, so let's talk about the answer, Kirk Cousins. Turnover <laughs> machine, as I like to the call answer, him. The answer, Kirk Cousins. He looked like the answer, but then uh, just just when Washington thought they had the answers, R.I.P. Uh, Roddy Piper. Yeah. Miami changed the questions. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw RG3 or Colt McCoy by week four. Um, I think the positive of this is Alfred Morris did great despite you know inept- ineptitude at every other you know, play uh, by Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah. You know, he was, he's a solid running back too. I, I was talking to some friends of mine that, that were worried going into this game about Matt Jones, trying to maybe move Alfred Morris before the season started. Sit tight. Alfred Morris has proven himself in this league. They might like Matt Jones. This might be a new regime. Al Morris had 25 carries for 120 yards. Maybe look to move him like week eight, week nine or something. Alfred Morris is the real deal for now. Um, Deshaun Jackson, hamstring strain, going to miss three to four weeks, if not more. Uh, yeah, that's not going to help Kirk Cousins any. That, I, I really think that that really shortened up what the defense had to do losing Deshaun Jackson. You know who that is going to help is Jordan Reed. Absolutely. Now, he already led the team in targets. Uh, he had 11 targets, seven catches for 63 yards. I think his PPR value is going to skyrocket. I think he's going to be a top five uh, tight end until he gets hurt. <laughs> Yeah, that, that will happen. As as many people have said in the cliche, a young quarterback's best friend is his tight end. Yep. Uh, Pierre Garçon gets that slight bump. Garçon. Yeah. He'll be, uh, he'll be a solid wide receiver three uh, in PPR with all the targets he's about to see. Yeah, if you can flex him, flex him. So let's look ahead. Next week, uh, Miami goes to Jacksonville. Uh, I'm not worried about any of the Dolphins. Start all the guys that you, you usually would start. Mm, battle over uh, battle over East Florida. Or where's Jacksonville? North North Florida? 
Battle over two thirds of Florida. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about that. Um, as for um, St. Louis at Washington, um, I don't love Alfred Morris. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch had 18 carries for 73 yards against that St. Louis defensive line this week. Uh, I don't love it. I don't love it, but he. I'm still starting him. Um, th- there's always a shot, and he is. He's not a. He's a star. He's not a superstar, but he is a star in this league. Um, you're not sitting Morris just because he's playing Seattle, but I do expect him to be held to uh, call it 40 yards and a touchdown. Okay, I, I think I could see that. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked about that. So let's move on then to what is the next game here? Uh, the uh, the Cats versus the Cats. Carolina at Jacksonville. That is true. Um, so, <laughs> oh man, Cam Newton is ah looks terrible right now. He has no help at all on the offensive line or his receiving core. He's looked worse in his NFL career, though. I mean, there's there's still some promise here. I wasn't drafting him in any leagues, um, but but he still has shown that he's going to get you some value running the football. That's always going to be there for him. Yeah, I just don't know if he's going to be enough. Right now, he's a high-end QB, too, for me. I don't want to trust him at all. Yeah, like I said, I'm not owning him. And that Jacksonville defense is... People say Jacksonville, they say, I'm starting everyone. No, that Jacksonville defense is better than you think. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Jonathan Stewart definitely struggled a little bit in this game. He's still an RB2, RB3, you know, if he can get get you a touchdown week to week. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about Greg Olson, too. You know, he's the most reliable receiver, and he's going to get peppered with targets. But if none of the Carolina wide receivers step it up a little bit, he's just going to get blanketed by coverage. They did exactly what... Um, Pittsburgh intended to do to Greg Kowski. They they beat up Greg Olson. He got three targets. Was all that he was able to, was able to to get out of the game. That said, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, just to retouch on him, he had four targets, converted all of them. He's a good he's a good option for uh, uh, for Newton, especially if they're going to be you know playing these close games like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and Olson still still a low end tight end one. I think the targets will be there. I just I don't think he's going to be a top five like he was last year. I do think last year was kind of his ceiling. Oh, I, I disagree. I, I still see him as a top five tight end. Everybody's bound to have a bad game. Yeah, but I mean, we'll we'll get to some of the bigger tight end games later too. But it looks like there's a lot of good tight end options this year, and I just don't know that Greg Olson is going to necessarily hold his own. Yeah, but opportunity breeds success. Yeah, um, and if uh, I don't know if that's going to hold true for Blake Bortles, he's got plenty of opportunity, but uh, I don't know. There's a regular season Bortles and a preseason Bortles, and I don't trust yeah. the regular season Bortles. I get if we have like preseason fantasy, give me Bortles on every single team that I can ever have. Um, but but he's just he just can't make it happen. I, I don't know if it's just defenses don't care about playing and in the preseason or if he's just like maybe he just can't you know maybe he gets camera shy or, or performance anxiety yeah part of the part of the problem is that offensive line is awful he got sacked five times he got pressured on a lot more times than that yeah it's it's that's that's not a good recipe for success in a, in a younger in a quarterback that's trying to grow into you know a starter and just like we talked about uh, Jameis Winston, Doug Martin, uh, TJ Yeldon is not helped out by just poor play in general. He, he did nothing. No, he's, I didn't want to start him anywhere, and I, and I was right. 
Yeah, and Alan Hearns and Rashad Green, they both got some nice catches in PPR. I don't expect that to last. Uh, Alan Robinson did go out with an injury briefly, and he came back with most of the red zone targets. I, I still think he's the guy there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- this is... This is a definitional buy low on Allen Robinson here. They're going to need him to produce. He's going to get fed sort of like uh, Kelvin Benjamin got fed last year. And and speaking of buy low or at least, you know, waiver wire gems, if uh, if Julius Thomas's injury allowed him to go undrafted in your league, I think that when he comes back, Bortles is going to look his way quite a bit. I think he's going to need that security blanket. And I think Thomas is going to get quite a few targets. He's going to have to. Uh, There was a very wise man who once said uh, a couple minutes ago, um the uh, young quarterback's best friend is the tight end yep (laughs) um so next week um houston comes to carolina Uh, i'm gonna avoid jonathan stewart if i can Uh, that houston defensive line is nasty they shut down jamal charles enough they couldn't do much against him i don't i envision you know stewart not ending up with a whole lot of production either jj watt is going to eat cam newton alive um, yeah, and uh, speaking of next week's matchups, uh, Miami at Jacksonville, and Dom Kansu is going to sack Bortles like 18 times. Oh, yeah, that's th- those are those are two good defensive plays right there. Yeah, and uh, again, I don't love any of the Jackson receivers, but I, I do think that Allen Robinson is going to bounce back a little bit. Yeah, he'll bounce back a little bit, but I don't expect much against Miami's defense. Um, I can't think of the corner's name, but they've got uh, he's good optimus grimes yeah that's the one yeah so all right let's move on um super bowl contender seattle goes down to the st louis rams that's right yeah that's staunch defense two staunch defenses one uh, not looking as we expected it to and uh one having a pretty darn good game yeah um and you know russell wilson marshawn lynch they weren't great this game but they're still studs uh you know no worries about them uh, and for again, for those who keep saying that Marshawn Lynch isn't as good in PPR as he is in standard, he caught five balls for 31 yards in this game. Uh, both are still going to be fine starters. And all the all the Jimmy Graham haters, too, should calm down a little bit now. He had a decent game. Yeah, those are, those, those are both wrong. You, you're stuck in the past if you think Marshawn Lynch isn't worth anything in a PPR. Um, so here's here's my one of my you know man crushes for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Lockett played 70% of offensive snaps. He went four for 34. I have him marked as a buy low now in all caps. He just, he's so elusive. He's got the, some of the crispest route running I've ever seen. And Jermaine curse. And I know you hate Doug Baldwin uh, are just possession guys. They're just guys. Uh, I fully expect that Tyler Lockett is, excuse me. Tyler Lockett is going to push one or both of them for more snaps by mid season. Yeah, Doug Baldwin had 35 yards on nine targets. Tyler Lockett, 34 yards on four targets. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's a big correlation between what a player can do in special teams in terms of kickoff and punt returns and, you know, applying that elusiveness to the wide receiving game. And I, I think that Tyler Lockett is going to be a stud. Yeah, just look at Devin Hester's wide receiving career. <laughs> All right, easy there. <laughs> Uh, I, I, prefer, I prefer I prefer the Antonio Brown comparison instead. No, I I, I agree that, that Tyler Lockett does look good. Um, okay, so uh, St. Louis Isaiah Pete still awful. Um, Benny Cunningham not great either. Uh, I expect that when Trey Mason comes back before Todd Gurley comes back, this is just going to be another committee to avoid. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cunningham, if you started him, though, you know, on, on a whim, if, if something went wrong with you and you needed to start him, you had a nice day out of him, especially against that Seattle defense. 70, that 77 yards receiving really helped you. Yeah, I actually um, started him in one of my DraftKings lineups as a sure. kind of sleeper, and he worked out quite nicely. Yeah. Um, so Nick Foles, I'll say this, he's a better quarterback than I thought. He had a beautiful touch pass to one of his receivers. I think it was Stedman Bailey, right? Yeah. Um, over Richard Sherman. That's uh, the one. Before, yeah. uh, before the safety could get there. That was, that was an NFL throw. That um, was nice. Perfectly placed. Uh, that being said, still not the greatest fantasy quarterback. I, I would not trust Foles that much. Um, you have to remember that they were missing Cam Chancellor. Uh, he was a huge part of that defense. Where was Brian Quick this game? Uh, no one really knows. Um, he's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Heath Ledger's character in 10 Things I Hate About You. You know, where yeah. was he last year? Uh, you know, all these rumors flying around. He was in jail. You know, he was, uh, you know, on Mars. We don't know. Um, keep an eye out on Brian Quick. Yeah, there, there were rumors flying around uh, before this game that he'd be a uh, top 30 receiver. Uh, and he still might be when he comes back from wherever he is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. From vis- um, the, visiting the his sick grandma in Canada. In this game was exactly that. How well that the Seattle team did against, or uh, the St. Louis offense did against the Seattle defense. And I know you say Cam Chancellor wasn't there to stop them, but no team has Sherman and Chancellor and Thomas, let alone, you know, just the two of them. Uh, right. This was a, quite a performance from Nick Foles. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit impressed. And um, one last thing, Jared Cook, we've been waiting on him for so long. He had a great game, five for 85 on six targets. Uh, But I want to see more consistency from him before I trust him. I just have terrible memories of of end zone drops and just drops in general. Yeah, I'm not getting too excited. Um, Yeah, last thing, that St. Louis defense is legit. I think they're going to be a top three uh, fantasy defense. If you don't own them, find them. All right, so looking ahead, uh, Seattle goes to Green Bay for that revenge game. Uh, that should be a decent matchup. Do they play each other every single year? Um, no, just the last couple of years, it seems like. But they okay. also meet in the postseason, so that's probably why it seems like they play each other so much. Yeah, I guess it's going to put the butts in seats. People want to see these teams play. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I'm not particularly scared of Green Bay's defense. Start your Seattle guys. Um, no, it, you saw what Matt Forte did. Marshawn Lynch is better than Matt Forte. Yes, sir. Uh, so St. Louis goes to Washington. Um, I do think that their running backs, again, are going to struggle. And who knows who's going to get how many carries. Uh, would not start any of those running backs. I love I, it, For me, actually, if... Uh, if sorry, if Trey Mason's still out of this game, I might consider starting Ben Cunningham. Uh, I don't know about that. I think that, you know, the receptions will be there, but I don't know that that kind of yardage is going to be there. Yeah. If, if you need him in a pinch, I, I, I would give it a, I would give it a roll of the dice. So it's a risk reward play. Yeah. I will say that I love, love, love uh, the St. Louis defense against Kirk cousins next week. I think that, you know, they are worth whatever their salary is going to be in DFS, whatever lunch he has, they're going to eat it. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. So new Orleans at Arizona, um, breeze, not great, but okay. Um, he is what he is at this point. We've both discussed that he's no longer an elite quarterback, but certainly still a serviceable QB one. I mean, 350 yards against this Arizona defense is pretty darn good. 
Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, you know, Ingram and Kyrie Robinson both uh, split carries pretty evenly. I think that's going to be a tough situation going forward. Yeah, do you think people believe that Mark Ingram still is crap in a PPR? No, but I will say that uh, I would temper expectations because CJ Spiller is rare to come back. He, oh, he's he's chopping at the bit, I'm sure. I mean, look at how much Drew Brees targeted his running backs this game. Ingram had eight catches for 98 yards. Uh, you know, uh, Kyrie Robinson had five catches. That's, yep. That's a ton, man. Uh, that's, CJ Spiller, that's a lot right there. CJ Spiller, I'm so excited. I own so many shares of him. I can't wait. Yeah, he, it, it's it's going to be nice. It, the outlook is is uh, the outlook is sunny days for CJ Spiller. Uh, yeah, and we did see uh, Brandon Cooks come down earth a little bit. You know, he was definitely targeted, involved in the game, but I think he is going to be a little bit game flow dependent. It's tough when he's the only guy out there. Yeah, and speaking of the only guy out there, Marcus Colson looks as bad as Andre Johnson. He had a couple oh, drops. Even worse. Ugh, I mean. And actually, you know, the the way they played their wide receivers show how little faith they have in him. Brandon Coleman actually outsnapped Marcus Colson. Um, you know, Coleman had a couple drops too, but he you know, he looked pretty good. He could be a wide receiver 3 if he just gets a little bit more consistent. We'll see what happens. He's a guy to keep an eye on. He he's a he's a guy where uh, you're you're going down your list and you're clicking that flag or that star yep. depending on whichever uh site you play on. Um, yeah, and I mean, this New Orleans defense is just so bad. You know, they lost Jarius Bird. You know, their other safety, Raphael Bush, just tore his pack. He's going to be out now. They're going to be a ton of shootouts for this uh, Saints offense. And that's the key. Carson Palmer's good. He's not three to, He's not three touchdowns, no interceptions good, though. Exactly. Um, you know, he, uh, speaking of Carson Palmer, next week against our Chicago Bears, he's going to be a good play. <laughs> Oh, yes, absolutely. Larry Fitzgerald might still look young next week, too. Yeah, so uh, important injury. Uh, Andre Ellington sprained his PCL. What reports say, uh, you know, he's going to be out two to three weeks. Um, what, what about you? I, I want David Johnson over Chris Johnson. Um, it depends on how I'm sitting in my league. I, uh, if you're weak at running back, you... Chris Johnson might be a guy to snag if he's unowned. Um, the the, uh, the coach actually went ahead and said, I don't know if you heard this quote, but he said that Chris Johnson, they were going to lean on him more going forward. Yeah, I heard that. And Bruce Arians is actually a coach that you can actually trust. But at the same time, I think that Johnson is going to prove that he's going to z- deserve more of the snaps. I, I think he's going to outplay him. <laughs> yeah, that's that said, he sort of got out there uncovered on one play he turned it into a great you know uh 55 yard touchdown but he had zero rushes he had he had two uh two targets i think total right he just had the one and then another oh he'll he'll get more next next week oh yeah without <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt absolutely but i i expected to see a little more in the first game in terms of uh you know giving him the football yeah i i think that for me, David Johnson is the guy. He has higher upside, and I think he's going to win out that job, depending on how long Ellington's going to be out. Yeah, it's it, going like in the future, maybe. But this week, if you can start uh, uh, Chris Johnson against the Bears, I would jump and do it. Yeah, and speaking of the receivers, I think that you know Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown are going to be the two guys to own. We saw that Michael Floyd is kind of relegated to those deep ball duties, and he's going to be very inconsistent. That said, I mean, there's a lot of beatable corners in this league. 
Yeah, but I, you know he's going to be kind of that uh, roll roll the dice sort of guy. If you need points this week, if you if you're the underdog going into a matchup, then go for him over a safer, uh, you know, low ceiling, high floor sort of guy. Yeah, I completely agree. He's the kind of guy where he may have two touchdowns and 108 yards, or he may have you know one catch for 18 yards. So my question is, when did Bruce Arians start using his tight end? <laughs> yeah, what happened there? Darren Fells, four for 82 and a touchdown. What What is going on here? I, I, I truly don't have the answer. It's like it's like we're living in a bizarro Arizona world. They're like putting together 31 points. I, I, I don't understand what happened. Yeah, again, this is just another argument why you wait on tight end if you don't get one of the top guys because so many guys come out of nowhere and they could do Abs- well every Abs- week. Absolutely, I can't agree more. Um, so, yeah, I, I would not pick up Fells just yet. Let's see if this is an outlier or the start of a trend. If he has a few, you know, two to three good games in a row, then definitely go grab him, but we'll revisit that. Yeah, for, for the guy that goes ahead and drops uh, Owen Daniels and picks up Darren Fells, you can go ahead and pick up Owen Daniels then. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, Arizona at Chicago next week. Uh, I'm not worried about the Chicago defense. Start all your uh, Cardinals guys as you normally would. Yeah, um, unfortunately. And then Tampa comes to town for New Orleans. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's going to be an exciting game. Start um, let's see if Saints. Vincent Jackson gets robbed of 19 touchdowns again. Yeah, again, uh, you know, ooh, I, Drew Brees is going to have a great game next day, next week. Yeah, he is. This is a guy that you're starting. All right, so Detroit at San Diego. This was another just terrible game by Detroit that they should have won. Um, yeah, they, they, they like doing that, and it doesn't bother me any. Look, my question is, I know you and I are on the same page. We've been saying forever, Stafford is not a good quarterback. Uh, I had him ranked quarterback 15 going to the season. I, I I don't like him. I He's Jay Cutler with, you know, but people sort of don't see that or refuse to see that. Yeah, I think things can get better from here for Matt Stafford. This was not a good game. Um, I wasn't watching the Detroit game, but the game I was watching, it kept flashing. It, it seemed like every 12 plays of the game I was watching, there seemed to be another update that said Matt Stafford threw another pick. You know, Matt Stafford, people are saying that Matt Stafford can get better for years now. Has he? <laughs> uh, no, he, he, he has not. Uh, yeah, it's that the hmm, Georgia quarterback looked, Looked like he could be a superstar, you know, the next big thing, but it's just not working. All right. Um, you know, the, the one bright spot is he will have Amir Abdullah to bail him out. Amir Abdullah looked nice. That's all I can say. That's all I want to say. And that Joik Bell didn't look all that nice, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> all I can say is I think Eric Weddle went home and cried himself to sleep last night because yeah. Amir Abdullah destroyed him on that juke. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was he. He did him dirty. That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, Amir Abdullah. I think he's gonna be a solid running back too going forward. As long as he keeps his fumbles in check, he did have the one fumble that luckily they recovered. Um, you know, he had he did have an issue in college with that, but you know, barring any big issues with you know ball control and ball security, I think he's gonna be the guy in Detroit. Yeah. Now this guy, it, he didn't do much, but it, it's worth. Worth note that Zach Zenner carried the ball twice. 
Yeah, and if Joyke Bell keeps up his awful performances, I, I think uh, Mr. Zenner might get a few more chances. Yeah, they, I mean, two, if they can find two, two playable rookie running backs in the same year, more power to him. Also, what is going on with Matt Ryan? He he seems to love turning the ball over tonight. <laughs> well, there's there's a reason that he's uh that he's never been a top five quarterback, and, and that's showing it right there. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not loving him right now. But at least he's feeding Julio, so I'll take it. I'll take it <laughs> exactly. He every touchdown he throws to Julio is a touchdown that he has to, for uh, himself. Speaking of feeding wide receivers what's going on with calvin johnson yeah i I mean it's hard to base it on one game really anything could happen in one game um san diego clearly game plan to take the ball out of calvin johnson's hand um golden tate got eight targets which was double calvin johnson's four i don't know if, if they just couldn't match up well against the san diego defense or or if Kelvin's not too old. I refuse to believe that. Kelvin Johnson is a top five talented wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to be top five anymore, but I will say that even though I'm a little bit worried, I'm not panicking just yet. Um, you know, I definitely would not sell low. Um, oh, think, oh, good God, no. At the very worst, he's still going to be a wide receiver too. You know, he's certainly not, you know, don't go on dumb Kelvin Johnson. No, no, do, do, do not be alarmed. You know, be be on alert. Do not be alarmed. But Calvin Johnson is still the Megatron, and maybe he just hasn't transformed yet. Maybe he's maybe he's still <laughs> rolling around as a as a tank. Well, I guess a tank's still pretty good. But he's rolling. He's a, he's that handgun. You know, when he was a he was a gun, and he's just got to turn into. Okay, I'm taking this too far. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll we'll see how Calvin looks. You know, he's certainly going to still get plenty of targets. Uh, just keep an eye <laughs> on him. I would not plan- panic just yet. Um, what about Eric Ebron? He had a pretty good game, too. That got really nerdy, didn't it? Oh, well, that's why people listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, because we know our numbers. Um, Eric Ebron, I this is a guy nobody really talked about. I don't understand why. This is exactly what happens with top tight ends. They get drafted in the first round. People forget about them because they have a nothing uh, freshman year. Then they come back and make things happen. Did he make things happen here? Yeah, he looked good. 11 points for a guy that's undrafted that should probably be owned in most leagues. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they released, uh, I think it was Joseph Fourier this uh, preseason too, so it shows how how much they're ready to rely on Eric Ebron. Absolutely. Uh, five targets only, quote-unquote. That's one more than Megatron. Make, make that what you will of it. Uh, he only targeted one other tight end, and it was only once. Brandon Pettigrew, who, who like, can't get off the Detroit team. He's been there forever. Yeah, he's he's more of a inline blocking tight end, though. I'm not worried about him siphoning any targets. I think that Ebron's going to be a high end uh, tight end two going forward. Uh, so, what about San Diego? Let's talk about Philip Rivers. Always underrated. Always a solid quarterback. One, <laughs> just yeah, absolutely great. And he didn't even, he didn't even have Antonio Gates for this game. Yeah, he he still managed to throw two interceptions, but he put up what is that as a 20, 20 point game or so? Yeah, and let's let's not forget that uh, you know he's going to get Oakland twice. That's <laughs> that's not a bad team to be playing if you want to start a quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Um, the one guy who I do want to talk about a lot is Melvin Gordon. Uh, he actually got out snapped by Danny Woodhead, who played 43 to his 35 snaps and Woodhead all got all the important red zone carries and two touchdowns. Oh, 
all that said, I fully expected that going into this game. Um, I actually think he touched the, he touched the ball more than I expected him to this game. I thought it was going to be Woodhead all day, a little more Oliver, and they were going to work Melvin Gordon, who may turn into their superstar of the future, um, working him slowly into this game. They, he he carried the ball 14 times. I thought he was going to be more in the 8-10 to 10 range, actually. So I, I, I was actually happy with how, how he did today, or in the game. Yeah, I wouldn't overreact. Um, also, watching the game, Melvin Gordon did have a touchdown that got called back by a penalty. I th- I still think he's a low on RB2. I think he'll be fine for this year. Um, love Keenan Allen. <laughs> love him. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy catch, catch total. You know, 17 targets, 15 catches for 166 yards. Uh, yeah. You know, Stevie Johnson 15, got... They showed, a, they showed a statistic, 15 receptions uh, for Keenan Allen was the most, uh, tied for the most by any uh, San Diego receiver. And they said that he was tied with Kellen Winslow. Now, that's not Kellen Winslow Jr. That's his dad. That's how long that uh, statistic has stood up. Yeah, and he was just all over the field. You know, despite the fact that Steven Johnson got the touchdown, you know, Keenan Allen looked so good. He got that quickness back. You can tell that he worked out all offseason. He will score touchdowns this year. Don't worry, folks. Yeah, and speaking of Stevie Johnson, awesome performance by him. Solid wide receiver three going forward, I think. Very nice until uh, Gates comes back, I think. Yeah, but I, I think that he's done so well that he's built up that chemistry with Philip Rivers that you know he's going to still look to look for him because Malcolm Floyd looks like he's got nothing left in the tank. It's still just one game to me, though. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm definitely very optimistic on uh, Stevie. I think this is you know definitely the best quarterback he's ever played with. You know, he had Colin Kaepernick last year, so it's hard to shine when uh, you're get, you're catching balls from Colin. Exactly. Uh, just to go back to Gordon real quick. Just something to monitor. He did have a fumble that he lost in this game. So just just keep an eye on that going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's look ahead to Detroit at Minnesota. Um, again, yeah, we have divisional s- play. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't seen Minnesota play yet tonight, uh, but I do think that North Turner's defense is going to be better than most people think. Um, but again, I'm not too worried about Calvin. I think he'll rebound this game. Always divisional rivals bring out the best in all the players. Um, you know, I like Amir Abdullah, uh, but I don't love Eric Ebron or Golden Tate in that game. No, absolutely. I completely agree. All right. So um, and then San Diego goes to Cincinnati. Uh, and that's a little bit hard to gauge so far just because Cincinnati played against McGloin for most of that game week one. Uh, but I'm not too worried about Rivers or any of the guys we just talked about, really. Yeah. If, the, if there's something that. Yeah. Or we're not talking Cincinnati yet, so so I'll I'll just stick with that, and then we can talk about them when we talk about them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Tennessee at Tampa Bay then. Sure. The only thing in terms of the Detroit defense, um, th- you think that Damakin Sue's gone? Of course, yes. All those good things, but they replaced him with a pretty solid Holoding Yada. So don't don't forget that going forward. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm not too worried about the Detroit defense. I'm more worried about the Detroit offense. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to keep <laughs> that defense on the field, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Now the, uh, the, the premier quarterback for, was this the first ever rookie versus rookie week one quarterback matchup? I think, uh, I don't know, but definitely it might've been the first number one overall versus number two overall pick. Yeah. That's, that's probably the case for sure. Uh, Marcus Mariota looks like Aaron Rodgers out there week one. 
Okay, easy there, killer. <laughs> no, um, in all honesty, we have to remember that they were facing Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, not exactly the, the most strictest of tests. Um, but that being said, he did look good. Uh, you know, he didn't seem very rattled. And they definitely catered their offensive scheme a little bit to, you know, make it more comfortable for him. Yeah, the Tampa defense, the Tampa 2 is not something that's going to come at you. But I, I expected so much more out of Lovey Smith. This was just a terrible game from Tampa. Yeah, I mean, everybody on uh, Tennessee had a good game. You know, Bishop Sankey and Terrence West, uh, they actually split carries pretty evenly. Uh, Bishop Sankey had 12 and West had 13. Uh, I think that's something to monitor, too. Yeah, absolutely. If Cobb was there, he would have had 15, probably. But he is is not. Um, Delaney Walker, you know, he had a hand injury, but supposedly it's not broken, and he may be able to play week two. Um, If he's in, he's in for your fantasy team. Uh, yeah, he'll be okay going forward. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, young QB, tight end blanket, good. I, I, I once heard a, uh, a very, very, very wise man say that uh, a young quarterback's best friend is the tight end. I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of blankets, Kendall Wright, I think he's going to surprise people in PPR. Um, I think he's going to be a, a high-end wide receiver three. I don't think you're going to see these kind of games that often. Uh, you know, a hundred some yards and a and a touchdown. I wouldn't expect that too much. Yeah, that was a crazy catch and run he had, but he's always been a good value that's completely forgotten in a PPR league. Yeah, and uh, you know, Mario Mariota definitely has, uh, or excuse me, definitely is the best quarterback he's played with thus far. Yeah, Ma- Mariotto. Oh, Mariotto. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's go to the other side. Jameis Winston, not so good. Ugh. Um, ugh, I mean, you know, again, just like I'm not overreacting to Mariota looking amazing, I'm not going to overreact to Jameis Winston sucking it up in his very first NFL game ever. Yeah. Um, you know, as all the sportscasters kept saying over and over Sunday, you know, Brett Favre also threw a pick six, uh, you know, his very first uh, NFL throw. So again, Jameis Winston, the jury is still out so far. By low on Mike Evans. Yeah, uh, you know, again, um, good point, actually, that I was going to bring up. Uh, he did not have Mike Evans for this game. That's a huge weapon missing from the offense, just like, you know, Big Ben not having Le'Veon Bell and Martavis Bryant. Yeah, yeah completely. Um, so Vincent Jackson, uh, I, I am a little worried. He got 11 targets, but a bunch of them weren't even catchable. Only four catches. But he's getting the ball at him, and he had... He had a touchdown stolen. For, he had technically two touchdowns stolen, but if he scored one, he wouldn't have scored the other. Vincent Jackson put together a, a solid enough game given his quarterback play. True, but I, my I guess my thing is if he went four for 51 on 11 targets while he was the clear number one target, what's going to happen when Evans comes back? Then Evans is going to get more attention from the defense and Vincent Jackson is going to have six for 71 and a touchdown okay yeah i mean i guess you can see it either way we'll see what happens um i i do hope that evans comes back for doug martin's sake because he actually looked really really good uh but you know the game flow they were behind so early that uh you know they just couldn't do anything they they barely let him run in the second half uh plus that offensive line looked awful not only did they not block well but they had you know, four or five good Doug Martin runs came back because of penalties. I feel good for Doug Martin owners going forward. They didn't like him out in this game. 
but this game was out of reach. And to me, that says that they're protecting that running back. Yeah, and I would say uh, Doug Martin buy low in Dynasty right now. You know, if they don't re-sign him for you know his fifth year option, and he goes somewhere good, I think he could be a stud again. This is a young running back that is very good. Um, all right, Austin Safarian Jenkins, another surprise tight end stud for Week One. Yeah, he he had a great game. I I can't say anything but that. Uh, He's he's a little more than a sell high for me right now, though. If you if you even own him, which you don't. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know he will get those garbage time touchdowns, so I think that he'll be fine. But I, I'm not ready to anoint him a uh, tight end one just yet. I still think he's a high end tight end two, along with you know in the Ebron range. Hey, I forget what's a young quarterback's best friend. <laughs> uh, I don't know what is it, Los. It's it's the tight end. All right. So let's continue. Um, look, look ahead at next week. Uh, I'm starting Kendall Wright. If Delaney Walker's in, starting him. Um, Bishop Sankey. I, you know, look at what Chris Ivory did to Cleveland. I, I, I feel pretty good about him, despite uh, what happened all of last year. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's too much of a timeshare for me. I, I don't really think that Sankey is going to be great going forward. I, I, one, one game cannot make me a believer. Okay. Um, you know, if Mike Evans is back healthy, you're starting him next week against New Orleans. Uh, Vincent Jackson should be fine, as we mentioned. Uh, and I actually like Doug Martin as an RB3 or a flex against that New Orleans defense. If their defense is, if the Tampa defense is going to be that terrible under Lovey Smith, you're, you're letting me down, man. Come on. If they're going to be that bad, they need to score points. And the benefactors of those points will be those guys that you're starting. Um, okay, so let's move on to Cincinnati at Oakland. Uh, Andy Dalton looked all right, but again, against, a, yeah, Oakland, against Oakland, uh, still just a quarterback, too, for me. Yeah, um, um, the, the only takeaway I really had from this game um, in terms of Andy Dalton was a, he, he still didn't take it over. They, they ran the crap out of the ball. That's what this team wants to do. Andy Dalton threw two touchdowns. He could just as easily throw four interceptions next week. Yeah, and that's why Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard are both solid. You know, we said before in the preseason, a lot of people are underrating how involved Bernard's going to be in that offense. Yeah, now the thing is, if they get up like they did in this game, then Bernard will have a nice game. If these are close games, Bernard is not going to sniff the ball near as, as much as, as he did this game, unfortunately, because he's a very talented back. He'll catch him out of the backfield, but I, I, would, I would expect more like five to six carries out of the backfield. See, I actually see it the other way. Even though they were crushing them, they still gave Bernard eight carries, and you know he was still involved. I, I think that he'll he'll be fine uh, despite game flow. Yeah, I, I I've started to get more on the leaning towards Jeremy Hill thing. I do think Bernard still has flex appeal. He's a very flexy sort of man, but uh, I, if they're up, then Bernard will benefit. Okay. Um, as for AJ Green, don't panic. I think he had a pretty good game, uh, all things considered. He just didn't get the touchdown. Five for sixty-three is nothing to you know sniff your nose at. No, exactly. Uh, you, you want more than six points in a standard out of your. Oh, actually, he was drafted as not your top wide receiver this year. He was drafted as a as a low end one, high end two. Um, but but uh, it's you want more out of a guy like AJ Green, and you will get more. It's it's not like every day somebody's going to steal two touchdowns and 104 yards from him. Well, I don't know. Tyler Eifert's on pace for a 32 touchdown season. 
He he is uh, uh, thirty six or uh, sixteen hundred yards and uh, thirty two touchdowns. Look, I, I I love Tyler Eifert. You know he got targeted twelve times more than any other receiver this week. Uh, nine for one hundred four and two touchdowns. That's insane. He's a freakishly athletic tight end, and as long as he stays healthy, he'll be good to go. I'm disappointed that I did not practice what I preach. I should own Eifert in every league I drafted this year, and I don't. Yeah, this is a guy who's got top five upside considering how much Dalton looks for him. Yeah, absolutely. This is this this he should have gotten the the talk that Kelsey got last year. Um, this is a perfect example of what can happen going forward with Eric Ebron. A perfect example of what can go forward with a guy like Max Williams, who will do nothing this year. Don't don't get me wrong, but if you have him in a dynasty, you stash him in that dynasty. Yep. Um, so let's talk about the Oakland side very, very briefly. Uh, Derek Carr got injured, um, didn't look great even when he was on the field. He may yeah. or may not play week two, regardless, not starting him. Uh, Latavius Murray looked good and he was involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, he actually had six catches or no, seven catches for 36 yards. I think he's a solid RB2 going forward. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he, they, they, they fed him the ball. They threw him the ball. He, he had the bulk of the carries. Now, get, obviously, they had to start throwing it more. So he, he got 11 of the 15 game carries um, that went to running backs. Uh, somebody find that airplane that, uh, that Brian Quick and Roy Hallou Jr. are on. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm worried. Yeah, uh, you know, Roy, part of the reason I was a little bit nervous about Murray is because I thought that Hulu or Marcel Reese might get some of that passing down work, but Hulu was a healthy scratch. I think it's time you can drop him. Uh, Murray's the guy. They, they're they paying him, what, $5 million to be a healthy scratch? $4 million? Yeah, look, uh, bad organizations stay bad. <laughs> Cleveland, Oakland, Jacksonville. <laughs> It's that's, that's so true. It's he was the reason that I was down on Murray going into this year. After if you listen to this podcast all the way through, you know how much I love Latavius Murray. I am, I'm, oh, I'm punch. I can't even say what I'm doing to myself <laughs> because it's not safe for air. But I wish I had Latavius Murray everywhere that I don't. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, also it's time to cool the Jets a little bit on Mari Cooper. Um, everybody loved the rook- the potential of the rookie wide receivers this year just because of what Beckham and Evans and Watkins did last year. Um, you know, he'll be good, but he's not going to just be a stud out of the gate. I think he'll be a wide receiver three. Yeah, I still like him. Uh, I still like him in a PPR. Um, I, I'm glad you, that, that you cooled down on him a bit, um, but this is about exactly what I was expecting from him. Yep, he and Crabtree should both uh, get garbage time PPR stats, um, and then neither Clive Walford nor Michael Rivera really impressed their low end tight end twos until you know one of them wins the job. If that happens, garbage time is the only time for the Oakland Raiders. Yep. Um, all right. So next week, San Diego goes to Cincinnati. I'm not scared of the San Diego defense. You know, start all your Cincy guys. And then Baltimore goes to Oakland, and even without Terrell Suggs, who tore his Achilles, which is terrible, um, Baltimore's still a great, great defense. Uh, you know, I really don't love anyone on Oakland outside of Mari Cooper. Yeah, well, one guy, while he's great, he doesn't make the entirety of the change on the defense. And the Ravens over the years have shown they've been able to replace players. Uh, Suggs is an older guy. Now he's a little step behind. They will find somebody to step up and and make themselves look almost as vicious at the, as they did against that Broncos offense. 
Yep. Um, all right. So let's talk about Baltimore at Denver. Uh, it's painfully obvious that Joe Flacco needs Rashad Perriman to get healthy and get on the field. I think this was a great game that showed exactly what I've thought for quite some time. Joe Flacco is not near as great as everybody thinks he might be. Yeah. Um, you know, again, credit to the Denver defense. I think they're going to win a lot of games because of their defense, not necessarily because of Peyton. Uh, Steve Smith, I think he'll be fine in PPR. He just got shut down, uh, as did everyone on Baltimore. Uh, same with Justin Forsett. I think he's still low end RB one or high end RB two. They just couldn't do anything against Denver. They got crushed. Like there's, they got outmanned, out outmatched. Like Denver should have beaten them by fifteen. Um, well, we'll talk about the Denver side in just a second because the Baltimore defense looked very good as well. Um, it, it did. It truly did. And I think they're going to be, you know, scraping out wins as well that are going to be, you know, close scores. Uh, so Peyton Manning, oh man, he, he looked like me in the park when I'm really tired and I'm using my whole body to get the football to go even like 20 yards. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not panicking just yet, but he did not look good. That said, yeah, e- even when, like, yes, he's never had the great arm strength, but his timing was just off. He was overthrowing his receivers, too. Yeah, I, I think he's just not used to playing under center in Kubiak system. He he likes the shotgun. You know, he can, you know, see everything better from that position a few yards back. Uh, you know, again, don't panic, but I don't I think he's going to be a low end QB one this year. Yeah, I, I didn't understand how people were drafting him near as high as they were. Uh, we knew going in, this was going to be a different offense. We knew going in that this guy was aged another year. Um, the receivers had said that they were expecting less to happen for them. Uh, but less happened for everybody like CJ Anderson, a, a, a first rounder this year, 30 yards on the day, something like that. Well, okay. So CJ Anderson did have a sprained toe. Okay. Um, but there, there are rumors that it might also be his foot. Uh, you know, we, we definitely want to keep an eye on, you know, his practices, uh, this week. And if for some reason it looks like he might miss time, go, 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 don't walk, run to grab Ronnie Hillman. This he is why you good. draft handcuffs, or at least this is why I draft handcuffs. Yeah. If, if there's any chance that Anderson might be out for multiple weeks. I am willing to spend, you know, 70 to 80% of my fab budget on Ronnie Hillman. I don't care if it's week one. This is a guy that if he was the starter going in, you were drafting him in the second round. No matter what his talent is, he's the running back for Denver. Yeah. There, there's no reason to save your fab budget. You know, you don't get any, anything for that extra money. You know, it, you want it guys. It doesn't carry over to next year. You don't earn interest on it. It, it just goes away into the end of the end of the air. Yeah. The whole point is to get guys who can win your season. And, and Ronnie Hillman could be that guy. You play to win the game. And Juwan Thompson, <laughs> just, right. just want to throw that out. He could also see, uh, you know, some carries just because Hillman's not the biggest guy. Uh, he's worth a speculative ad as well. Yeah. It's Anderson and Hillman, different type of runners, but both guys, it, when Denver's offense is clicking, which it will, they were disrupted today. They will not be disrupted every day. Yeah. Definitely keep track on Twitter on, on whatever you read, uh, check on CJ Anderson. Um, as for Demarius and Sanders, they were still fine, but I think that Demarius Sanders and Sanders owners are going to be a little disappointed this year just because of how Peyton looks. 
I mean, I was disappointed this game, and uh, I've, I've got both of them in two different leagues. I, I, I was disappointed, but they're getting the looks. I, I, 12 targets, 11 targets, they, they had to throw the ball to them. It, it was ugly, but they still put together 15 points apiece in PPR, I think, right? Yeah, they'll be fine. I just don't think they're going to be winning weeks for you like they did last year. There will be weeks that they do, though. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more down on, on, I mean, we'll see what happens with Peyton just because we thought Tom Brady was done early last year too. And we all saw what happened with that. So I'm, that's again, right. I'm he not took ready. off after week, what was it? Six or seven? Yeah. I'm not week, week five, I think after that five? Kansas city game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not yeah. ready to throw dirt on Peyton's grave just yet, but definitely a little, a little anxious about that situation. Is there anybody on Baltimore you might consider like is Perriman worth picking up? Like this is a quarterback friendly offense and they could get nothing going. Is it just that Denver's defense is this good? I, I do think it's Denver's defense. Yeah. I actually yeah. think Joe Flacco next week against old Oakland going to be a great start. He could be a top five quarterback next week. That's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Steve Smith and Forsett a lot as well. Uh, as I said, not worried about them. Trustman um, is going to have a lot to prove and he's going to try and prove it next week. Yeah, but on the flip side, uh, Denver goes to Kansas City for a Thursday night game on a short week against KC. I, I'm avoiding Peyton if I can help it. Yeah, but who's going to be able to help it? I mean, I, I guess you could start Flacco over him if, the, if you have that opportunity or something, but you're not going to. I mean, obviously, you're not dropping him. And at this point in the season, a lot of people don't have room to drop guys for a second quarterback. Yeah, I'm just if you can still sell relatively high on Peyton, if people think that this is an outlier, I would do it. Yeah, I I definitely would. I I like a lot of guys more than I liked Peyton Manning this year. Okay, uh, again, I think the most important part of this game recap, keep your eye on that CJ Anderson injury. Um, You know, keep watching that. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears wet. All right. So the Sunday night football game, New York at Dallas, uh, which also brings us to this week's close shave of the week. Oh, very exciting. Brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. Uh, With seven seconds remaining in the game and his team down six points, Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo threw a dart over the middle of the field to his tight end Jason Witten. And this 11-yard game-winning touchdown capped off a six-play, 72-yard drive for a comeback victory against their divisional rival, the New York Giants. Get your close shave like Tony Roma with Gillette razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. I'm pumped for that. That's exciting. Yeah, so that was a weird Sunday night game. Uh, So many turnovers. It's as if like the game was so sloppy and boring that that like goodell put a call into jerry jones and he was like hey buddy you gotta make something happen (laughs) we're losing ratings yeah and oh man eli manning was a huge bust this week i I was dead wrong on him Uh, what an idiot i know i know uh but again just like with peyton his brother i'm not giving up on eli just yet it was definitely really weird game flow with all the turnovers uh you know their defense scored a touchdown almost two if eli makes one out of two smart decisions at the end of that game tony romo has far fewer fantasy points than he's than he scored in that game 
Yeah, that would have helped me as well. Um, <laughs> that being Gosh. said, again, I, I do think that the Giants will get it together. Uh, Odell Beckham took a big hit early on in the game. He didn't look right after that. Um, he still got four for 44, I think. Uh, not terribly worried. One thing that I do worry about with Odell Beckham, though, I, I it's always been a concern for me, but it's not something I have said yet on this podcast. Who always seems to break out for for as as Eli's next top wide receiver? It's not the guy that's drafted number one. Uh, when there was Tumor and uh, Je- uh, I can't think of the other the guy that shot himself. Um, Nix broke out and was a great receiver that year. Then he was nothing. Uh, Cruz broke out the year he was the wide receiver. Then he became nothing. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. broke out when he didn't even start the season. Who knows what's Who knows what's in store for him? Well, I think Odell Beckham is more worrisome just because they kept rolling a safety over the top and kind of double covering him. And the problem is that the Giants don't really have anyone else who's really a credible threat. You know, Ruben Randall's an okay possession guy. Preston Parker looked just awful and he needs to get off the field. Maybe give Dwayne Harris a shot or something. Uh, you know, they need Cruz healthy back in that slot role to really kind of let Odell Beckham do what he does best. They cannot put up numbers if Eli looks as bad as he did. Yeah. Um, again, as as with all of our comments so far, it's it's one week. Uh, don't overreact to any good thing or bad thing just yet, but definitely keep your eye on on the uh, Giants situation. Yeah. Um, again, same with their backfield. Uh, I still like Rashad Jennings the best. You know, he got the most carries this game and the goal line looks. Um, he's still my guy, although Vereen could definitely be a solid running back three or flex in PPR. Yeah, I just don't know that if, if Eli's not clicking, then he's not going to be clicking well to Vereen. Yeah, um, you know, if anything, it's going to be garbage time, which still counts. Garbage time, all time counts in fantasy football. Um, all right, so let's go to the other side. You know, Tony Romo is solid, another underrated, perennially underrated uh, quarterback option. Uh, you know, he'll be fine. He's a he's a top ten guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he he showed you exactly the way that he can take over a game. Um, they they the Giants gave away that game, but at the same time, Romo had to step in and take the opportunity that was afforded him, and he did a great job doing it. I really can't say enough about how fantastic that final drive was it took a very sloppy boring even almost uh sunday night football game and it made it exciting yeah romo um always underrated in real life and in fantasy um more importantly we got to see how the the dallas backfield kind of shook out um joseph randall is clearly the lead back um you know he had 16 carries compared to mcfadden's six yeah, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised to see that. Uh, I expected more uh, that it was going to be more like a 12 and 12 sort of split. But Lance Dunbar was in there for far more uh, snaps than I expected him to be. Yeah, I think he's going to be super sneaky in PPR. I think, you know, he actually played 32 snaps, 31 of them were on passing downs. I think that Lance Dunbar is going to be one of the big ads this week. Definitely go out and get him if he's a free agent in your league. Yeah, all you Verena owners might want to, you know, swap him. Um, and then, ooh, Des Bryant, broken foot, got oh, surgery today, terrible. out for a minimum of four to six weeks, but maybe even longer to fully recover. That's yeah. awful, awful. Um, I think that the beneficiary in fantasy is going to be Jason Witten. Uh, you know, he's going to get a lot of PPR looks now. And I also like Gavin Escobar a little. He already, you know, vultured a touchdown last night. 
um, he might get some more looks too. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be spread well between Randall, uh, or no, sorry, between Dunbar, uh, Cole Beasley, I think is going to be a big benefactor here. Terrence Williams, I feel the exact same about. And I, I do think Jason Witten is going to be okay. He's to me, he's not a guy that I'm that I'm seeking. He's not a guy that I drafted. I still think that he's the exact same player as um, every other old tight end that's on a decent offense. Basically, uh, I'm not too excited for him. But gosh, yeah, does again. Brian going down? That's gonna that is it gonna hurt Tony Romo though? He he did great without him out there. Um, I think he'll be fine. Uh, you know, again, they're going to be in plenty of shootouts because they couldn't get the pass rush going against even New York. Uh, plus, now they lost uh, Randy Gregory to high ankle sprain for a few weeks. Uh, you know, they're going to need to score points to win games. No more of this run down the clock with the you know with the running game sort of thing. Yeah, it just it just hurt. There went my uh, he was my you know number one standard receiver. Does Bryant, and now he's gone. Yeah, so, uh, you know, next week, uh, Atlanta goes to New York. Um, I think that's going to be another shootout. You know, both pretty bad defenses. Um, I would start Eli and Odell Beckham again, despite their poor performance this week. Yeah, um, yeah I like Jennings as an RB2, uh, Vereen as a flex. I, I would have ex- I expected to see a little more out of Vereen, to be perfectly honest. They, they gave Williams more work than I thought. And they didn't give Vereen near the work that I thought. I I would find a different option than Shane Vereen if you could. Yeah, um, and again, Dallas goes to Philadelphia, and we've seen tonight that Sam Bradford's not looking the greatest right now. Uh, you know, he looked great in the preseason, but again, so often preseason doesn't matter. I think Bradford will be fine despite how he's looking tonight. Atlanta is not a great defense, but even more important, Bradford has not played with these guys in real football time. Yeah, um, I, th- that's certainly true. And Chip Kelly, you can never count out his Eagles just because of the pure upside that their offense holds. Although I do think that NFL defenses are catching up a little bit to that no huddle, uh, you know, fast paced offense. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Um, you know, just a very quick, uh, you know, recap tonight. Julio Jones is a stud, as we all knew. Um, <laughs> Number one PPR wide receiver. Nothing changing. Yeah. Um, Sam Bradford, I still think he could be a, you know, a QB one. We'll see if he can uh, improve on his performance right now. Um, I am a little bit worried about Nelson Aguilar. Uh, he hasn't done anything yet in this game and it looks like Josh Huff and Riley Cooper, uh, and even miles Austin are getting a good amount of snaps. Um, so we'll see about him. It's Uh, a rookie thing. You can't expect rookies to go in and learn an NFL playbook and be able to, you know, make a difference immediately. Not every rookie is Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I, I do think that he still will come on at, to be, you know, the number one wide receiver in that offense. It just may take a few weeks. Oh, I number one. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be the number one target over Jordan Matthews. Yes. Do I smell a, a board bet? Uh, what would you like to? We certainly can. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's any way. Um, for the season, more points. Yeah, yeah, for the season. I'll, I'll take Nelson Aguilar. Jordan Matthews is mine. All right, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I I think you're dead wrong on that, but yeah, we'll see. Okay. All right, so that is going to wrap up our week one recap and our recap, uh, you know, recap quick recap. Uh, <laughs> quick week two preview. <laughs> um, just real quick, Minnesota at San Francisco. Uh, we haven't seen this game yet, but I think that Minnesota is going to crush them at home. Uh, yeah, you know, that, I'm that's, sorry, that's the only Francisco. thing that can happen here, right? 
yeah, I will be very, very shocked if anything different happens. Um, so yeah, we will see, uh, we're reaching the end of the Falcons and, uh, Eagles game. Uh, we're in the fourth quarter. It's a pretty close game. Uh, so we'll, we'll let you guys, uh, we'll let you guys go. And again, now that we are, you know, in season, we are always very happy to answer any questions that oh, you e- might even have. happier now that we are in the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you have questions uh, about anything, who to pick up, uh, you know, who to drop, uh, whether to, you know, spend your fab budget on someone, you know, sit and start questions, whatever you got for us, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los, and you can get at our super producer, Dan Green, at FFA underscore Dan. Just like uh, Mung said, follow us, on, uh, follow us on the Twitter, all three of us, if you can. Uh, like us on Facebook, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so it automatically downloads to your tablet or uh, phone device so that you can listen to all the updated news and info to prepare yourself to win your fantasy league. Yeah, and uh, you know, good luck in all your leagues and your daily games. Uh, as always, uh, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just all addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.